Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. When God commands us in the Bible to be holy, is it just because he's being bossy? No, it's because God is holy and he wants us to be like him. Today we interview Pastor Stan Lightfoot who explains from 1 Peter 1. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have a longtime friend that I will interview, Pastor Stan Lightfoot, is a local pastor in Colorado Springs who has led Rustic Hills Baptist Church for many years, maybe even dating back to when his father was a pastor. I'm gonna welcome him to the program, Pastor Stan Lightfoot. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you, Dr. Chaps. Good, good. Uh, introduce yourself and your family and your church. Well, as, as you said, my name is Stan Lightfoot. I've been a pastor at Rustic Hills Baptist since uh, 1993, so almost 30 years. Uh, my wife and four children, uh, the children are all grown. My wife teaches at the Vanguard School, and um, uh, we're just delighted to be serving the Lord here in Colorado Springs. Well, thank God for that. Uh, I asked you to bring a word, and you have been preaching out of 1 Peter 1, and uh, what's the title of your subject today? Be holy. Be holy. Uh, now that's that's a tall order, and that sounds like a command, right? It is a command, as a matter of fact. We're gonna be talking about not only that command, but there's another command in this passage as well that we're gonna look at. Okay, I'm gonna read some scriptures here out of 1 Peter 1, and then uh, I'll have you give a, a short introduction, and then we'll begin to unpack this this Bible teaching. Sounds good. So the Bible says this in 1 Peter 1, verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Thus says the Lord in 1 Peter 1, verses 13 to 16. Pastor, what's, uh, what's your initial take on this? Well, 1 Peter is a book about persecution. It's a book where the Apostle Peter spoke to the, to the listeners, to the readers, about the difficulties that they were facing in their own lives. When you look through the book, you've got words like trials and tested and suffering and reviling and defame and reproached, and all of that has to do with persecution. So how do we respond to persecution? What, what, what is Peter trying to tell his people, his listeners, his readers, with respect to um, how you deal with persecution in your life? And he lays out a primary command to persecuted believers, as well as practical antidote to the problem of persecution. And here's, here's the command, live a holy life, from verses 15 and 16. This is really important stuff for believers, especially today, because persecution's on the rise in our culture. 
Now you say there's an antidote to this, kind of like uh, uh, a vial you drink to get rid of the poison, that kind of antidote? Well, that's that's the picture, but right. it's not it's not something you're gonna physically drink. Right. The antidote is going to be, you live your life this way, it's going to make a difference in terms of the face of persecution. So that's how, how, how we're gonna look at this. We've been largely sheltered from that, but things are changing. And in our culture, we're, we've gotta be ready to deal with the issue of persecution. But what, what does it mean to be holy? What does that mean? What does holy living look like? It sounds sort of like I've gotta you know, live in a monastery and do nothing but pray and read the Bible, or I've gotta be in, uh, um, in vocational ministry, or I've gotta act in an unusual fashion, read that weird, so none of my friends wanna be around me anymore. Is that what holy means? Uh, that's not what it means. Where the rubber meets the road, it's not rocket science. It's the kind of thing that all of us can do. Peter wasn't writing to uh, professional um, uh, theologians. Peter was writing to normal people. It's what we can all do. And God expects every one of us to live holy lives. That's a good place to introduce it. Let's take a short break. When we come back, uh, Pastor Stan Lightfoot has some line-by-line -line teaching from 1 Peter 1. Do you ever pray and sometimes you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and they don't get to God or maybe you don't get the result that you hoped for? I'm Dr. Chaps and I wanna make available to you a new resource, a four-part video Bible teaching series on how to pray effective prayers. Did you know God has given us instructions in the Bible? For example, in 1 Timothy 2, there are four different Greek words for four different kinds of prayers, supplication, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. If you don't understand the way God teaches us to pray, then we cannot expect the result for which we hope. I'm asking you to get this important Bible video teaching series on DVD for a suggested donation of only $30. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org and get this important video resource for your family. Call us right now. I'm Dr. Chaps. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that famine would be a sign of the end. And we are now facing a famine of biblical proportions in one of the poorest states in India, where our charity has sponsored up to 259 orphans and children for many years. But now there are thousands of people starving in the streets because of the unemployment there. And we've been helping widows, like the letter we received from Sanuri, who writes to us and says, I stay with my three children in the slum. I was washing plates in the hotel and earning bread for my family, paying house rent. Suddenly I lost my income. After hotels were closed by the government, this was a shocking moment for me. Afterward, we could manage eating half a meal a day to manage a scanty ration for longer days. When there was no ration left for my family, I was quietly weeping outside with agony. An unknown fellow came and asked whether I am a widow. I said, yes. He wrote my name and address and asked me to collect ration from your office. I got that ration with joyful tears. I strongly believe that God helps the helpless during troubled times through benevolent people. You know, the benevolent people she's talking about are you and your generosity when you give through our ministry is actually helping her to see God. Would you please donate today at 866-Obey-God? Again, our phone number, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. 
and help us supply a matching gift. We've already given up to $10,000 to supply 100,000 meals. And there's somebody out there who could double that gift with one stroke of a pen. Please donate through our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and designate your gift to India Relief. Please give today. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Pastor Stan Lightfoot, who is teaching from 1 Peter chapter one. And Pastor, you have uh, an outline for us. I do, the first thing we're gonna look at is the conditions of a higher standard. Uh, holiness is a higher standard. Um, we, we, we can live our lives any way we want, but if we're gonna live holy lives, that's gonna be a higher standard than other people are going to live, that's the, which means it's a challenge. It's going to require some changes in our lives. So what's the change that has to take place? What's the mindset for holiness? And that's what he gets into in chapter one, verse 13. He says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. The therefore always says, we gotta go back. We have to go back to what has been said already, verses one through 12 where there's a lot of things about you, you belong to me, um, I've got this wonderful inheritance for you, all these things are there. The prophets are so excited or would have been so excited, they would have wanted to look into the salvation, the angels would like to look into the salvation and on the basis of all those things, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. You know, we don't, we, we don't wear the kinds of clothing that they wore in Bible times. They, uh, is that like an armor reference? It's that, actually not armor, it would be the things that would be under the armor. The, act, the person in the New Testament times wore more of a flowing robe kind of thing and they would have to pull those up. If they're gonna get active, they would have to pull those up and tie them off around their thighs so they could move because otherwise it was tough to get going as you might imagine. So girding up the loins, that's the picture. But in this case, he's not talking about, again, it's a picture. He's not talking about actual girding the loins. He says, gird up the loins of your mind. So the point of this is, get your mind ready. Strengthen your mind, toughen up a little bit, get ready to go. Uh, gird up the loins of your mind and make that something that you're, you're ready to work with. Like Holiness that. isn't produced in an atmosphere of laziness or a lack of press preparation. So the beginning of his thought is, get your mind ready to work. Get it going. Uh, don't be lazy about your devotions. Don't be lazy about your prayer life. Uh, don't be lazy about your attendance at your church. Uh, don't be lazy about your worship and your fellowship. Stay focused. Um, focus your, your mind. mind. Focus give your God mind. Give God your full attention. Right, give, that's a good way to say it. Give God your full attention. Mm -hmm. And then he says, the second thing he says is be sober. And that doesn't have to do with alcohol. We could talk about alcohol, but that's not what this is all about. This is about a serious state of mind. Now, the other thing that you need to see here is neither one of these are commands. These are both modifiers. So it's, it's like, um, as you're girding up your mind and as you're being sober, then there's, there's something I want you to do. And we'll get to that here in just a second. But don't let yourself be intoxicated by the distractions that the world is going to bring. Keep your mind in gear. And that's the two modifiers that he has. And then he comes to uh, his fir the first of his um, commands. And that first command is hope, which is kind of an unusual command, but, it, but there it is. He says in verse 13, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the, the hope that we have is something that actually we are commanded to have, because this is an imperative, the way Peter write, uh, writes it here. So that feels uh, unusual to me because there's so much bad news in the world. Oh yeah. And, and you, you, you read the newspaper, there's no hope there. But God is saying, 
the future is bright, it's gonna get better, he commands us to rest in that hope. Right, that's exactly right. And, and in fact, you've, it's a great segue because all these other things, government, news, science, all those things that you could put your hope in are gonna let you down. Um, even other people, that, the people that you love and know will let you down. We all will do it, we're sinful people. God will never let us down. And what Peter is saying here, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there's coming a time when all these things will be set right. And when they're set right, then, all this, then we'll be vindicated. And that should be our hope. Not, not the things that are taking place around us. We need to be joyful and be focused and hopeful in spite of what's going around, on around us, not, not because of it. Because the things that, as you said, the things that are going on around us are tough. Well, you mentioned this is taking place in the context of persecution. And you know, as Americans, I think we have it easy. We're, I'm not persecuted, but I am mocked a little bit, right? There's, there's anti-Christ complainers out there who, who are always discouraging. Oh, there goes Chaps again. He's talking about nonsense on television. I'm talking about the Bible. I'm talking mm -hmm. about you know, prophecy, the, the, the book of Revelation, the things that we preach on. Um, you're saying that things are gonna get better, that in the end, I will be vindicated for having stood up for the right things. Absolutely, and that's what Peter is saying. He, he, the people that he was, remember this is Roman Empire. This is, uh, this is mid 50s, 60s AD. This is not a very pleasant time for Christians. And Peter is saying, look, it's tough right now, but, but there's coming a time when it's gonna be better. And that time when it's gonna be better is gonna be wonderful. And, and that needs to be our hope. We need to be focused on that future time, nice. not on what's going on right now. Thank God. And you know, it, it may not come, that, that future hope may not show up in our lifetime. You think about the martyrs. The martyrs oftentimes died at the stake uh, or died in some other manner that was horrible and that was in their lifetime. Their future hope hadn't been realized yet. Abraham's future hope hadn't been realized by the time he died. And yet the book of Hebrews tells us he had all these things he was hoping for. Or Jesus, when he was crucified, it was for the joy set before, before him, mm -hmm. he endured the cross. Right. And he died without realizing, you know, the kingdom. He wasn't establishing like a new a, a new kingship or em didn't become the emperor, but his death uh, became the reason for hope of a different life Absolutely. to come. Absolutely. And and that's what we're, that's what our hope is. Our hope is based upon that. If he hadn't died, we don't have this hope. Right. But because he did, we do. And, and Peter says, because you have that hope, you've got this wonderful antidote that we'll talk about a little bit more with respect to persecution. How does that facilitate uh, the idea of life transformation? You have a, a point on this. Well, the message in, in verse 14, he says, this message is to obedient children. So he says, um, rest your hope as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. So this message to obedient children is, you know, you used to live a, a particular way. You used to live in your former lusts. You used to do whatever you wanted. You used to be, you used to live uh, for yourself. In fact, that's all you knew. You didn't know any better than that because that's who you were. You were a sinful person. In a state of ignorance. At, in, absolutely, in a state of ignorance. Your ignorant assumption was this life is all there is, so live it up. Eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, tomorrow we die. And when we die, it's all over. Well, that's not what Peter is saying. Peter is saying that is an ignorant assumption. And God is pushing for something very different than that uh, as, we, as we look at this passage. Our senses say, obey your former lusts. Do whatever makes you feel good. God says, well, wait, 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 obey me. This is gonna be a lot better. 
uh, if you'll obey me. Sounds a lot like Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, verse 1, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And then he gets to verse 2, and he talks about the fact that we've got to turn away from the life that we used to have. Turn away from our sinful desires. Turn away from our selfishness and be transformed, be changed by the gospel, be changed by what Jesus can do in our lives. And that transformational living is what Peter's talking about here in verse 14. And, uh, and that's, that, that leads us into our next point, which is a call to a higher living. So we're gonna take a short break, but let me summarize what I think you said is that because we have this hope in the grace, right? it transforms the way we behave in this life. We don't live according to our former lusts, instead we're called to holiness, and Be Holy is the title of Stan Lightfoot's sermon. We'll be right back with more after this. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Cancel culture has not only affected myself and MyPillow, but also millions of you out there. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you for all your support. At MyPillow, we have hundreds of products now, including my new slippers, bathrobes, sleepwear, and my new beds. We are offering the best products ever for the best prices ever. For example, we have the standard size MyPillows, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with your promo code. Or you can get custom fit with my premium queen size my pillows, regularly $79.98, now just $29.98. Or my king size, regularly $89.98, now just $34.98. So go to mypillow.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1 800 number below to receive these exclusive offers. Thank you and God bless. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell and I'm here to tell you about my brand new product, My Slippers. What makes my slippers different from those other slippers is my exclusive four-layer design. The first layer is MyPillow's patented foam, which will help prevent fatigue and offer you incredible support. My second layer is a memory foam that will give you amazing comfort. And layer three is my patented impact gel that'll help reduce stress on your feet. And layer four is a durable outdoor indoor sole so you can wear my slippers anywhere, anytime. Go online or call right now to order your very own pair of the new My Slippers. Use the promo code on your screen and save an incredible 40% off your My Slippers order. You can enjoy My Slippers anytime, anywhere. What I love most about My Slippers is that I can wear them all day long and not have to change shoes. I personally guarantee the first time you put them on, they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined by Pastor Stan Lightfoot. His website is rustichillsbaptist.org. Is that right? That's correct. Fantastic. Okay, so I'm excited. You're, you're getting into 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 13, 14, 15, and 16. We're halfway home. Yes, we are. Uh, the first part is the what. What's going on that's gonna lead me to this point of holiness? Now why? Why should I be holy? I mean, why is holiness a big deal? Can I just live my life, live my life the way I want to? I mean, I'm saved, I trusted Christ as my savior. Why do I have to do all this? In fact, isn't holy living sort of uh, legalistic? You know, that's how a lot of people view the concept of holy living. Why should I strive to be holy? Why does God command all this? And there's several things that come out of this, these next verses. It says in verse 15, but as he who called you is holy. So you start that 
and you recognize that Peter's not just saying be holy because there's some religious significance to it. He's saying there's a relationship here. There's a personal relationship with the living God. He who called me, he who brought me into his family is holy. And he wants me to live that way. So there's a relationship aspect to this that's really important. God is completely separate from sin. That's his, his uh, personality. Not, that's not the right word, but you get the point that he is completely separated from sin, his attributes. I should be separated from sin. And, and that's because of that relationship. So that's the first point. There's a person behind this call to holiness. It's not just religion. It's relationship. And that's important in this. And then Peter says that there is an arena in the call to holiness. There is a, a philosophy called antinomianism. And antinomianism basically says without law. I can do, I can live my life any way I want. I don't have to be moral. I don't have to live according to any, uh, any set of standards. I can just do whatever I want. And there are people who call themselves Christians who are also antinomian. They don't think that they should have to abide by anything that would be uh, a moral set of standards. But that's not what Peter's saying here. Peter begs to differ. If you go on in this passage, he says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, which brings this out of the realm of mysticism and into the realm of rubber meets the road, feet on the ground, everyday living. And so Peter is saying, you really need to live your life in a holy manner. Back to Romans 12, 1 and 2, what Paul had to say, present your bodies a living sacrifice. So I, I agree with you. In fact, I wrote, I think my, my master's thesis was on the topic of antinomianism, right? Okay. From anti, which means against, or nomos, which means law, against right. the law. These are teachers of lawlessness. Right. And Jude, in chapter one, he, he warns, uh, uh, don't exchange the grace of our God for a license for immorality. In other words, a license to sin. Yeah, Jesus forgives my sins, therefore I can go indulge my sins, because yeah. God looks the other way, I have this Jesus mask, he forgives me, so I can live a life of sin. No, that's the antinomian heresy that Peter is, is confronting. That's exactly right, and, and he's confronting it strongly. In all your conduct, in everything you do in your life, it's practical, everyday conduct living. How does your relationship with God play out at work? How does it play out uh, in, in the marketplace? How does it play out when you're sitting in front of your computer? How does it play out when you're driving across town? How does it play out when you're suffering persecution? How does your life, how does your relationship with God impact those various things. And what Peter is saying is, what should be showing is holiness. That should be what, what comes up. So holiness is as practical as it gets. Uh, I think a lot of times people look at that and say, well, God's holy, we're not, therefore, who, don't worry about it until you get to heaven someday. No, no, holiness is very practical. It's very down to earth, it's right here. And there's a foundation for this call to holiness. And the foundation is the Christian principle of imitation. Uh, back in the day when Michael Jordan was a fantastic basketball player, Nike had an ad campaign. And the ad campaign was, I want to be like Mike. And everybody wanted Air Jordans because if they had Air Jordans, they'd be able to leap tall buildings in a single bound and jam three basketballs at the same time. And they'd just be <laughs> unreal basketball players if they just had those shoes. And then they could be like Mike. Well, we don't need to be like Michael Jordan, but we do need to be like God. Well, God's perfectly holy. That's a tall order. It is a tall order. And for some people they say, 
okay, well, I can't be perfectly holy there, so, so why worry about it? I don't have to, I don't have to even think about the concept of holiness anymore. It's unreasonable, in fact, for God to, co to command us to be holy. But God is not commanding us to be him. We already know we can't do that. That was the problem with Eve in the garden. Yeah, Satan said, you want to be like, Christ, like God? Here's what you do. You eat this fruit. Wow. And um, that's What a lie. Not, yeah, what a lie. So that's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to be God, but we are trying to approach the character of God and move in that direction in our lives as we live here. We're still in a sinful world. We're still sinful people, but we can be more holy than we used to be and we can work in that direction. That's a theme not only from Peter, but in 1 John. He, he's very specific about uh, um, the personality of Christ and, and in this world, we must be like him. Yes, yeah. And John talks a lot about, you, you, once you're a saved person, you should not be living a life of sin. Right. And that's exactly what Peter is saying here. Be holy. Why? Because I'm holy. There's, there's a relationship aspect. I, I think that's one of the key things out of this is there's a relationship aspect of this that really is important for us. And that's the foundation to the key of holiness. Yeah, and we, and we not only have this example of Christ and this command to be like our Father, but we also have the helper of the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons we can be, in fact, the reason we can be holy is because we have the Holy Spirit. You have a couple us. of conclusion slides here and we have just two minutes, but I want you to pray with people. Okay. What is, what is the conclusion to the message? Well, holy living, uh, under persecution, the temptation is going to be I'm just gonna go along to get along. I, I'm being persecuted. If I just shut my mouth and I just, I just do what they tell me to do and, I, and, I, and I, don't, I don't try to live a godly life, I just live like everybody else, they'll leave me alone and I don't have to go through all this persecution. And Peter is saying, no, 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 um, toughen up, focus your mind, uh, commands us to look forward with hope and then live holiness. So in the face of persecution. In the face of persecution. And by the way, that ties in also to what Paul said in Titus chapter two, where he's saying, um, on the basis of the blessed hope, live a holy life. But what's the antidote? We, we mentioned that theme. I don't think yeah. I understand that yet. The toughened, focused, hope-filled life changes the way I look at persecution. When, when It's not an antidote to persecution itself. In other words, people will still persecute me if I live a holy life. In fact, they may even step it up but it's gonna be the antidote to me buckling under that persecution. I'm, I have a hope, and that's the reason that that's a command from Peter. I have a hope for the future. It's, it's not a matter of, of whether I'm going to not be persecuted, it's a matter of God's gonna take care of me down the line and I'll be vindicated someday. Amen. And that, that hope is, is the antidote for uh, persecution, the hope and then the holy living. Somebody out there is inspired, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Let's do it. Father, we are so grateful for our Savior. We're so grateful for the sacrifice that he made that makes it possible for us to know Jesus and to know um, the future and to have a future that is um, perfect in terms of being uh, one, with, um, uh, one with all of our, our brothers and sisters of Christ and, and living a holy life now that will eventually end up in uh, time in heaven. So we're grateful for that. And I would ask that as we have uh, focused our attention on this passage of scripture, that the holy living that we've talked about, the hope that we've talked about, will result in our brothers and sisters taking a good, strong stand for Christ and not allowing the persecution that they may face, um, either now or in the future, to turn them away from that. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Pastor Stan can be found at rustichillsbaptist.org. 
Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Again, PrayInJesusName.org. If you just prayed with us, pick up the phone and call us toll free at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.